Welcome to the Birmingham Vineyard podcast. We hope you find it insightful and encouraging. If you want to find out more about us, why not check out our website, birminghamvineyard.com. Good morning. Um, If you're new here this morning, um, extra big hello and welcome. Um, If you're new or if you've um, maybe not been around very much um, for the past couple of months, um, we've been looking at encounters with Jesus And it's been a fantastic opportunity to learn more about Jesus through the book of John, but not just to learn about encounters with Jesus in the Bible, but to think about how we can encounter Jesus as well. And so we're going to continue that series today. We're going to be looking at John 11, starting at chapter 1. And it's the encounter of Jesus and Lazarus. And this is a really great one. I'm really excited about this this morning. It's an amazing story. Spoiler alert, Jesus raises someone from the dead. I thought I should say that now, just in case you didn't know. Um, And through this story this morning, we're going to be thinking about a few things. We're going to be thinking a little bit about his timing. We're going to be thinking about the choice that he gives us. We're going to be thinking about his compassion and his connection to us in our pain. And we're going to be thinking about his love and his power and how he reveals that to us. So let's just pray before we start, shall we? Father God, I thank you so much that we can gather together here. Um, May we not take that for granted. I thank you so much that we can freely hear from you and that we can freely learn from you. Today, as we open up um, the Bible, whether it's a book or whether it's an app or whether it's something on a device, as we open that up and read from it, Father God, help us to open up our hearts and our minds to you, to what you want to say to us and and what you want us to know. Help us to know more about who you are. Help us to know more about who we are in you. And may we encounter you in a special way today. Amen. So we're going to start with John chapter 11, verse 1. Now, a man named Lazarus was sick. He was from Bethany, the village of Mary, and her sister Martha. This Mary, whose brother Lazarus now lay sick, was the same one who poured perfume on the Lord and wiped his feet with her hair. I want you to remember that because we're going to come back to it later. So that's an important thing to remember. So the sisters went, sent word to Jesus, Lord, the one you love is sick. When he heard this, Jesus said, this sickness will not end in death. No, it is for God's glory so that God's son may be glorified through it. Now, Jesus loved Martha and her sister and Lazarus. So when he heard that Lazarus was sick, he stayed where he was two more days. So it's a pretty simple start, isn't it? We, we see Lazarus, who's sick. We know Mary and Martha, um, who are his sisters. Um, it says really clearly that he loves them. It says a couple of times that he loves, loves Lazarus, the one that you love. And then it says he loves Martha, he loves her sister, and he loves Lazarus. And then the really confusing and complicated bit comes because it says, so he stayed where he was for two more days. Does that make sense to you? For me, I don't expect it to say, oh, he loved Mary and Martha and Lazarus, so he went straight away to go and see them because he loved them. Or maybe it should say, um, he loved Mary and Martha, but he had to stay where he was for two more days, but it didn't. It said, he loved them, so he stayed. And straight off, that's quite a complicated thing for us to think about and understand. But I think it's showing us something about the kind of love that we have with Jesus. It's a totally different kind of love. It's totally different to any relationships that we'd have with each other. It's really hard for us to understand and hard for us to grasp. And I think part of this story, I think the reason that John wrote this story, I think the reason that he so clearly says Jesus loves them is because he wants us to know something about Jesus's love for us. 
He wants us to know something about what happens when Jesus really loves us and stays. Because I think we all have Lazaruses. Maybe we have had, or we are having now, we're having in the future, maybe a combination of all three. Maybe we all have those times when there is something we desperately need from Jesus. Could be a relationship, it could be um, a work situation, a school situation, a uni situation, it could be physical health, it could be a financial situation, it could be mental health, it could be a number of different things where we just need Jesus to come and intervene. We need Jesus because we've seen him do it before and we need him to do that for us. We know that he can do it. And Jesus doesn't come. Now, I don't have time to tell the detail of my story today. All I have time for is the very, very, very short version, which is where I went through a really dark and difficult time. I was abused. I was cheated on. I was left. And my life was torn apart and I was totally broken. And I pleaded with Jesus, Jesus, will you come? I know you can do this. Will you change the situation? Will you make these people better? Will you, will you, will you make it all right? And I pleaded and pleaded and Jesus didn't come. He didn't do what I asked him to do. When that happens, it's really easy to think, maybe he doesn't love us. Because actually, if he loved me, he would have done what I wanted him to do. Because he can do it. If he can do it, why didn't he do it? That's a really easy thing for us to go to. But I made a mistake because I was looking for the proof of God's love in the circumstances of my life. I was looking for the proof of God's love in him giving me what I needed. And that's not where the proof of God's love is. If you were here a few weeks ago, um, Jeff did a really great talk um, about our expectations of God and our relationship with God and him giving things to us and him doing what we want. And I'd really encourage you, if this is something that you're thinking, oh, this is for me today, really encourage you to go back and listen to that. You can find it on the website. Maybe you've been left waiting. Maybe you've been left hanging. So I think you need to hear this morning, Jesus loved Martha and Mary and Lazarus, so he waited. He loved them so much, he had to stay where he was because there was something that they needed to see that they wouldn't have seen if he'd turned up at the sickbed. There was something that they needed to know of Jesus, a part of a relationship they needed to go deeper into that they could only see when he turned up at the tomb. So something about Jesus' timing and the way that he loves us. And then he said to his disciples, let's go back to Judea. But Rabbi, they said, a short while ago, the Jews there tried to stone you, and yet you're going back. Jesus answered, are there not 12 hours of daylight? Anyone who walks in the daytime will not stumble, for they see by this world's light. It is when a person walks at night that they stumble, for they have no light. After he said this, he went on to tell them, our friend Lazarus has fallen asleep, but I'm going there to wake him up. (laughs) His disciples replied, Lord, if he sleeps, he will get better. Jesus had been speaking of his death, but his disciples thought he meant natural sleep. So then he told them plainly, Lazarus is dead. And for your sake, I'm glad I was not there so that you may believe. But let us go to him. 
And Thomas, also known as Dismas, said to the rest of the disciples, let us also go that we may die with him. I think this is a really interesting exchange and an interesting insight into Jesus and his disciples because he's like, they've, how long have they been with him now? They've been with him quite a while. They've been learning, they've been teaching, they've been, they should be used to the way he talks, but they still don't get it, do they? He has to say to them, he has to spell it out, Lazarus is dead. And still Thomas goes, come on then, we may as well go die with Jesus. <laughs> they still don't get it. I think that's, that's a big um, encouragement to me when I don't get what Jesus is doing sometimes. (laughs) On his arrival, Jesus found that Lazarus had already been in the tomb for two days, for four days, sorry, four days. Now Bethany was less than two miles from Jerusalem and many Jews had come to Martha and Mary to comfort them in the loss of their brother. When Martha heard that Jesus was coming, she went out to meet him, but Mary stayed at home. Lord, Martha said to Jesus, if you had been here, my brother would not have died. But I know that even now God will give you whatever you ask. Jesus said to her, your brother will rise again. Martha answered, I know he will rise again in the resurrection at the last day. Jesus said to her, I am the resurrection and the life. The one who believes in me will live even though they die. And whoever lives by believing in me will never die. Do you believe this? Yes, Lord, she replied. I believe that you are the Messiah the son of God who has come into the world. I love how Martha's right out there. You know, Jesus hasn't even got into the village yet and she's right out there. She goes right up to him and she goes, if you'd have been here, my brother wouldn't have died. I love people like that. They just tell you how it is. They don't leave you guessing. And she totally does that. She sits, she goes out to meet him. She tells him he didn't do what she wanted. She's annoyed, she's angry, but it didn't change her understanding of who he is. Even now, she said, she's never seen him raise anyone from the dead, but she's even now, I know that God will do something if you ask him to. And in this little conversation that they have, I think again, we start to understand a little bit more about why Jesus waited. You see, Jesus has been doing loads of miracles up and down. He's been doing loads of amazing things. And he's starting to get known for the amazing things that he does. But he makes it really clear here that he wants people to believe in who he is, not just what he does. It's who he is. And throughout this passage, you'll see this idea of believing coming up quite a few times. And who is he? I am the resurrection and the life. Who I am is going to change death for everyone, forever. This is who I am. And then he says to her, do you believe? And he gives her a choice. We have that choice as well. So when I was going through my really dark and difficult time, my mum, who is incredibly wise, said to me, right, Catherine, this is your choice now. You've got a choice where you can decide that all the songs you've sung in worship throughout your life, I've been Christian for a long time, all the, the words you've prayed, all the things you've taught and said and believed, you've got a choice where all of that is true and you choose to believe in it or you can walk away. This is your choice now. There are times when we don't see what God is doing, when we don't understand, when we can't feel it, and we actually, if anything, feel hurt and disappointed. And at that point, that's when we have a choice to make. Do you believe? Do you believe that he is who he said he is when he doesn't do what you want him to do? I made the choice that I would believe. Showed up on a Sunday... I sang the songs, I prayed, I listened, I waited, 
And God did something absolutely incredible for me. More than I could even imagine, more than I've got time to say this morning. It's been been like 12 or 13 years now. And when I look back at the, the prayers of desperation, at the minuscule prayers that I was praying, and don't get me wrong, I was in a lot of pain and a lot of hurt. Even now, if I go back to the memory of some of that stuff, that I can still almost feel the pain of some of that time that I went through. So it wasn't that it wasn't painful. It's just that I was praying these minuscule prayers compared to the magnitude of what God wanted to do, of how he wanted to restore me, how he wanted to redeem me, how he wanted to bring me into a closer relationship with him, all the things that he wanted to give me. I could never have fathomed what he wanted to do in my life. And now sometimes there are times where I just pinch myself. I'm like, I cannot believe I'm in this place. I cannot believe that God is doing this stuff in and with and through me. I cannot believe that I'm experiencing this. He gives us a choice to step into belief when we don't see it and when we're frustrated with it sometimes. After she said this, she went back and called her sister Mary aside. The teacher is here, she said, and is asking for you. When Mary heard this, she got up quickly and went to him. Now Jesus had not entered the village, but was still at the place where Martha had met him. When the Jews had been with Mary in the house comforting her, noticed how quickly she got up and went out. They followed her, supposing that she was going to the tomb to mourn there. When Mary reached the place where Jesus was, she saw him. She fell at his feet and said, Lord, if you had been here, my brother would not have died. When Jesus saw her weeping and the Jews who had come along with her also weeping, he was deeply moved in spirit and troubled. Where have you laid him? He asked. Come and see, Lord, they replied. Jesus wept. Then the Jews said, see how he loved him. But some of them said, could not he open the eyes of the blind man have kept this man from dying? Jesus, once more deeply moved, came to the tomb. It was a cave with a stone laid across the entrance. So Mary was mad. Mary was so mad she didn't, couldn't even leave the house to go and see him. Martha had to come back and get her. And Mary was so mad that when she went to him, she fell at his feet. Now I get the feeling that she wasn't falling at his feet because she was going, oh, you're amazing. I get the feeling she was falling at sleep because she couldn't look in his face. Have you ever been that cross with someone that you can't look in their face? She fell at his feet and she said, if you'd have been here, my brother would not have died. But she went to him. She still went to him. And she shared her pain with him. And Jesus participated in her pain. It says he looked at her and he looked at the others and he was deeply moved and troubled. That's this feeling of frustration and anger as well as pain. And we see in this little bit, there's three times that Jesus emotionally responds to what's going on. And the Jews say it's because he loved Lazarus. I think we can discount that because we know that he loves Lazarus, but we also know that he knows that Lazarus is going to come back. So he's not too worried about what's happening to Lazarus right now because he knows the end point with Lazarus, doesn't he? There is something a little bit more going on, I think, that's a bigger thing that you can unpack at another time. There's this this thing that it's not far from Jesus' own death. And so probably when Jesus looks at that tomb, he probably sees his own tomb. He probably knows that very soon he's going to be making this journey. And that is something that is going to take a lot of guts. It's going to take a lot of work. He knows that and he knows that he's leading towards that. But I don't think it is only that. Because he loved Mary 
and she fell at his feet and shared her pain with him and she took him to the place of her pain and because he loved her he couldn't help but feel angry and frustrated and pain with her because he loved her and that's what Jesus does with us when we take our pain to him when we take him to the place of our pain however hard that is he participates in our pain with us he's with us He's angry and frustrated and upset for us. And you know that if he's with us in pain, he would only delay if there was something spectacular to come, don't you? Let's see what that is. Even though I gave away the spoiler. Take away the stone, he said. But Lord, said Martha, the sister of the dead man, by this time there's a bad odour for he's been there four days. Then Jesus said, did I not tell you that if you believe you will see the glory of God? So they took away the stone. Then Jesus looked up and said, Father, I thank you that you've heard me. I knew that you always hear me, but I said this for the benefit of the people standing here, that they may believe that you sent me. When he'd said this, Jesus called out in a loud voice, Lazarus, come out. And the dead man came out. Hands and feet wrapped in strips of linen and a cloth around his face. And Jesus said to them, take off the grave clothes and let him go. Therefore, many of the Jews who come to visit Mary and had seen what Jesus did, believed in him. What a miracle! Isn't that amazing? Maybe we got a bit used to it because we've seen too many films or, you know, we've, we've heard too many stories like this. But a dead man who should have been really stinky came out of the grave and was alive again. Isn't that amazing? They saw his glory in a way that they'd never seen before and demonstrated his power in a way that they'd never experienced it. The disciples who'd lived with him and worked with him and learned from him, they questioned his motives. They doubted the outcome. And look at what they saw. Do you know what it tells us? It tells us, this story tells us, it doesn't end in death. It ends in God displaying his glory and power. If you are in the middle of pain and hurt and confusion at the moment, it doesn't end like this because God's not shown his power yet. It's not the end. There's something worth waiting for. I'm going to take you right back to verse 2. Do you remember verse 2? There's Mary and it says in brackets, it said, don't forget Mary's the one that poured oil on his feet and, um, and wiped his feet with her hair. Do you know what's really strange about that little bit? It's that that's not happened yet. So we're in chapter 11 and it says Mary's the one that did this. That doesn't happen until chapter 12. You've got to turn the page over in your Bible to see that bit. Do you know what I think John's trying to do? I think John's trying to say, even though Mary is in pain and frustration at the moment, flick the page over and she's going to be extravagantly and exuberantly and sacrificially worshipping Jesus because she's so blown away by everything that he's going to do for her. And I think he's telling us that here. Because he's saying to us, we need to see ourselves worshipping in chapter 12. When we are stuck in disappointment and pain and confusion, we need to flick that page over and see ourselves extravagantly worshipping and adoring God who has done more than we could ever imagine. He wants us to have the strength to be able to wait whilst we're waiting on him. Because there is something worth waiting for. If you are in the middle of waiting on God, if you're in the middle of frustration, hurt, 
disappointment or worse. Or maybe it's been such a long time you've buried it in that tomb. Maybe you've maybe not thinking about it because it's better to have it pushed away. If you have that in your life, know that it's not the end because you've not seen God's glory yet. Know that when you turn a page, that you're going to be worshipping and adoring God because he's going to do so much, he's going to blow you away. We're going to have a little bit of time of worship now. And um, we're going to have some worship firstly so you can stop hearing someone talking at you. And you can just listen to God. You can think about what we've just been thinking about. You can continue to kind of work it through for yourself. And then we're going to have a time of response afterwards. So there may be some things that you want to respond to. There may be some ways that you want to encounter Jesus this morning. I just really encourage you whilst we're worshipping and whilst we're singing to, to allow yourself to listen to what God is saying to you and where Jesus wants to lead you to to meet with him this morning. We hope you enjoyed the talk and found it helpful. Why not come along and visit us? We gather at three services across two sites on a Sunday and meet during the week in small groups across the city. More information on both of these can be found on our website. Thanks for listening and God bless.